I went and launched All Street Wealth a little over a year ago today and, you know, haven't really looked back and we serve millennials. So what, you know, as I talked about before, like we serve late twenties, early 40 year olds, one, because there's not many people who do it. These people need a lot of help. And it's just like every life decision that you have, like if you look at your twenties and thirties, there's so many life decisions and changes. Like you graduate college, you have student loans, you get your first job picking benefits, you get your second job, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, maybe you start a business, you get another job. Like every single life decision is also a huge financial decision. And so you have to do all the core parts of financial planning with also like, how are we continuing to pivot as our life changes? Let's make What's up, guys? Welcome to Black and Brown Make Green. I'm Natasha. And I'm Damien. And we are wrapping up the series, We Hired a Financial Planner, Should You? And we thought it would be a great idea to bring our financial planner on. And he's going to share what a financial planner does, what it would look like to work with him, and who would benefit most from it. So our financial planner is Thomas Kopelman. He is a financial planner with All Street Wealth. He was selected as one of Investopedia's top 100 financial advisors for 2022. So he is one of the best. He is passionate about financial planning. He has a blog at thomascopelman.com, and he also hosts a podcast called The Long Game. So Thomas, thank you so much for being here. Let's start by having you tell us who you are, a little bit about your background, and how you got into financial planning. Okay. I first want to say though, I love your guys's name. Like, I think that is such a <laughs> cool name. I like, I just heard it and I thought about it. I was like, wow, that's really cool. Oh, um, but yeah, you. thanks for, thanks for having me on. So I guess my story is maybe a little bit different. Um, well, I don't know for me, at least it is growing up. Like, <clears throat> you know, I don't feel like I took school like very seriously. I did well in school, but basketball was my whole life. I like, you know, all year round was basketball, it was school, it was AAU. And for my whole life, it was going to be, I was going to play overseas basketball. Um, coming out of high school, I had a bunch of offers, the D1 and D2 schools, ended up going to play at Minnesota State, um, got injured and got really burned out and kind of decided that, you know, I don't think I really want to keep playing. It more felt like a job than something I enjoyed for the first time ever. And so I gave myself the ability to not just force myself to do it for college, but, you know, go go to the college that I wanted. So I transferred to Butler University. Um, and when I got there, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like my dad is a CFO, like my brother's CPA. My sister has worked in business too. And I did like six internships in college from Eli Lilly to consulting, to insurance firms, to a startup. And like, I just walked away from every single one, like, I hope this isn't my life, um, which is kind of a really bad feeling. But I think like as you grow up and you you're a part of sports, you feel the impact that you make and then you go work at a big company and you don't feel the impact that you make. And I think that was hard for me. So I really wanted to do something where the work that I do like has a tangible output, because what I found is when it, I couldn't see it, I, I wasn't motivated to work harder. But when I felt what I was doing was valuable, working hard was not like a hard thing for me to do. 
So I kind of naturally ended up just getting a job in what they call financial planning out of college. It was not financial planning. It was typical broker dealer life. We're going to teach you how to be a financial planner, but really come up with 300 names of people, call everybody, try to sell them insurance. Like the whole first year as you're a financial advisor, you're not even licensed to do anything but sell life insurance and disability insurance. And like, I just had a really bad taste in my mouth from that and like, if we look at the industry as a whole for the longest time, there's two models. There's sell insurance to people or there's manage their assets. So there's never really been a way to work with young people. But what I knew is that like everybody in their 20s or 30s that I knew was struggling financially. They had no idea what to do. Their parents didn't have great financial advice. And if their parents were successful financially, they really only knew what worked for them. And that was, you know, pay off your mortgage quicker because when they first got mortgages, they were 9%. It was all about saving, not necessarily much about investing. They just didn't really know what to do. So they were getting advice from their parents that were not well suited for them who now make less money, who have higher student loans, who have equity comp, which was less likely like 401ks and everything are still relatively new. Uh, homes are appreciating way faster. Renting is becoming a better option. Mortgage rates were lower. And so it was like they needed somebody to have to get their advice from. And if you look across the internet, most of the advice is pretty bad and it's still people trying to sell products or get them to follow the strategy that they do to sell something. And I just believe that if financial planning was something that so many people needed, well then why am I trying to just call everybody I know and sell to people versus you know, use social media, create good content for people to actually learn and then let people be attracted to me because they need my help. And I believe financial planning is that important that like my job should be just to attract the people who find what I do valuable. So I left the broker dealer and I, I think this is a good point for young people too, is I had a bunch of job offers of where to go and I didn't really want to do any of them because all of them were more big corporate firms. You get paid a salary. It's less entrepreneurial. You don't really get to learn as much. You just follow their structure. And I ended up going to a guy in India, his name's Justin Castelli. Last year, he was the third ranked financial advisor in the country. And I just asked him for a job. I was like, pay me $2,000 a month so I can cover my living expenses so I can learn from you. Like all I want to do is like, you're who I want to be. I would love to learn from you. And so he let me do that. And I stayed there and worked for him for a while, learned social media marketing, learned a little bit more about, you know, how to be a good financial planner, how to work with clients. And then like after a couple of years there, he was like, dude, you're ready to go launch your own firm. I want to help you go do that, which is very rare. Most of the times they're gonna be like, don't leave. I keep your clients, all that. And he was like, even clients he gave me that he thought were a better fit for me. He was like, take them with you. You own your blog and everything. So I went and launched All Street Wealth a little over a year ago today and, you know, haven't really looked back and we serve millennials. So what, you know, as I talked about before, like we serve late twenties, to early 40 year olds, one, because there's not many people who do it. These people need a lot of help. And it's just like every life decision that you have, like if you look at your twenties and thirties, there's so many life decisions and changes. Like you graduate college, you have student loans, you get your first job picking benefits, you get your second job, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, maybe you start a business, you get another job. Like every single life decision is also a huge financial decision. And so you have to do all the core parts of financial planning with also like, how are we continuing to pivot as our life changes? You said so much that was amazing right there. The first thing you said was about your experience being an insurance salesman versus a financial advisor. And I can relate to that because I was interested in becoming a financial advisor about 10 years ago. And I started training with this company and I was like, 
wait, I have to sell insurance? <laughs> That's not what I was yeah. looking for. And I love the journey that you took from the basketball starting right there first and then transitioning to figure out your passion, which is interesting because you're so young and you decided to go after what you're passionate about from the beginning versus, oh, I'm 40 and now I want to do what I want to do. So I really love mm -hmm. that. And I like how you mentioned that you are just putting the content out there and letting people be attracted to you. Because honestly, that's how we found you. Yeah. <laughs> we were attracted to you based on like hearing you speak in the externship that I did this summer. And it was like, I feel connected to this person. I feel like they're the right person for us to work with. And so I love your approach. And even the idea that you went to um, the, the person who was an expert in the field and was like, let me just learn from you. Like I can appreciate all of that so much. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that just social media is a way for you to meet and engage with people all over the world. And like financial advising, very few people do it yet because there's compliance and, you know, bigger companies maybe don't let you. And so it's really easy to stand out when and like I, there was a survey done and I think there was a thousand advisors and two of two of them said that they had ever gotten a client from social media which is really funny because we build our business where every single client we get is from social media. And like in this calendar year, we've had 70 prospects come in all from social media at this point. Wow. That first of all, that's a lot of prospects and specifically from social media. That's amazing. Yeah. Love so it. You, you mentioned you work with the twenties to 40 year olds. Um, tell us more about that. Yeah. So when I started, I really thought I was going to work with people in their twenties. Um, but now I would say like my average age of a client is probably low to mid thirties, just because for a lot of people in your twenties, one, like you're not taking life seriously enough. And two, there's just not as enough changing or going on that you need to be hiring me on a yearly basis. So like in the early twenties, it's like graduate, you know, start to pay off your student loans, build an emergency fund and, you know, elect into your 401k to the match. It's pretty much that simple. And I don't want people to pay me my minimum fee of $450 a month for me to tell them something that that's what they should do for a few years. I don't think that's like a good representation of me and just trying to get people's money. So like, you know, what you guys went into was like our one-time financial plan where it's like, come in, get some actionable advice. It's not, you know, super expensive. It's 500 for singles, 750 for couples. And that would be our model that we just launched a couple months ago to help those early twenties people. And I really, I don't know who listens to your podcast audience wise, but I think that would be an amazing gift for college graduates. Like I've been trying to push parents to be like, most people give their kids something they graduate, $500 to get them a financial plan with their company benefits, a student loan plan, how to build, you know, what savings accounts to use, credit cards, all that stuff would be super valuable and giving them started on the right foot. So that's where it is. And then after that, um, our clients are normally probably like that 30s range. They're starting to make, they, they have some of the foundational work done and they're starting to make money where they're like, hey, I wanna take this seriously and not just waste it away. So I wanna hire somebody. Um, and so a lot of those people go into like our monthly subscription model where we really, I really specialize in working with two people. One is people with equity comp. I feel like, um, well, I know that equity comp is pretty complex and most of the people who have equity comp are in tech and making decent money. And so there's like, again, all the life changes, there's equity comp vesting, there's tax planning around that. How do we sell, you know, do we, can do we, you know, buy the options? Do we exercise? What do we want to do with all that? 
that's like my core base model. And then my next model is business owners. And that's really who I specialize and do the most work for. And it's just, again, like if you own a business, you have a million things to do with your business, let alone how do I manage my personal finances. But also most of my clients are like, they're in their low thirties. They started a business. They never thought it would blow up to the way it would. And they have no idea how to manage the finances of the business or the personal side. And time-wise, they would rather outsource it to do an expert than try to fail and figure it out for themselves over years when their time is better spent running their business. Thomas, I think it's very key, the thing that you mentioned about your your target market, your target audience, because we fell right into that. I'm in the tech sector, so you know you, you nailed exactly what we were looking for. And this is after multiple years of seeking and searching and failing to find a match for us. And it just so turns out that you know, Natasha stumbled upon you and you were perfect for us. And I think that's great. But I wanted to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a difference between a financial planner and a financial advisor? So I think this is like one of the biggest failures of the industry is that titles mean nothing. Like you can basically right. say them anywhere. So like there's certified financial planner, which means you have your CFP, but like anybody can call themselves a financial planner. Anybody can call themselves a financial advisor. So like there are literally people who the only thing they do is they'll sell you life insurance and they say they're a financial advisor. And to me, I just think it's the dumbest thing. It's like we sell life insurance and for some reason that's financial planning, but like health insurance advisors, they don't call themselves financial planners or like, I don't know where the, like insurance is part of financial planning. I I just have a really big belief that financial planners shouldn't be selling anything. I think we should be giving advice and then we should be helping people implement with other trusted people. Because when I used to sell insurance and I would tell people, hey, you need life insurance, you need disability insurance. There's this whole trust thing where even if you build good trust, even they're your friends, they're still like, do I need this? Or am I, is he telling me this so I get paid? And I really liked, and the reason why I created the model that we have as a subscription model is whatever things you do doesn't change how I'm paid. It helps people trust the fact that like, you stay with me as an advisor solely because I'm helping you accomplish your goals and do what's important. Not because of, I locked you into an insurance product or I'm managing a bunch of your assets. And like I say, I'm gonna do financial planning, but I just do that. Cause in general, most young people like, investment management doesn't need to be that complicated. You get a few ETFs, you buy and hold and you continue to invest, but like the rest of the financial planning is where the value is. And so if I just charge you based on the assets I'm managing, well, really, as long as I manage those, you probably won't leave because you don't know what else is out there. But in my model, like if I just manage your assets and didn't help you anything else, you'd be like, well, what am I doing? Cause I feel this monthly pay to you. I want to be getting time and advice. Yeah. I like that. And that's a, I think that's a, a good way to put it because we were confused initially when we were seeking out a you know, financial planner between the two terms. Uh, we didn't actually know what we were looking for, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it is confusing. And I know like Michael Kitsis is working on like in the industry trying to fight this where you can't really call it. But if you see financial professional, you know they're selling you insurance and that's what they do. Like that is the code term where you're at a broker dealer and sell. And I'm not saying that there aren't good advisors in that model. It's just like some of those places you literally can't charge for financial planning. So they're like, we do financial planning for free, buy a $10,000 year whole life policy and we'll help you on everything else. But like they believe that one product solves every problem. And if anybody is just talking to you about a product, you should basically run away because without knowing you, there's no way to know what you need. 
I love I just love everything you're saying. I do want to go back to something you said earlier. You said that your one meeting, one plan would be perfect for 20 year olds. And I hadn't thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. But I also think it's it's perfect for someone in we're not 20 year olds. I'm 40. (laughs) So he's 40 and I'm, you know, (laughs) upper 30s. And so I think it's also for those people who have done the work independently and are more like DIY people to do that one time plan with you. Yeah, I, I think you guys are pretty sophisticated money wise. So there wasn't like there was still things that needed to be done. And I feel like you probably walked away and like, wow, there's more that we could change that we thought. But for the average person in their thirties, who's like kind of DIYing it, but has a lot of work. Like I have another model where you go through the entire financial planning process, but then you don't stay on ongoing. That one's more expensive. That one's like three to $5,000, but it's like four to five meetings. I help you implement a lot of things. It's more in depth. And that's where the model I feel like works better for 30 to 40 year olds. Cause very few people come in and have like the level of sophistication as you guys do. And also like you're a financial coach and you have a lot of those basics down. Like most people who come in and think they know a lot about money. I am like, I could poke 20 holes in what they're doing in about one minute. And they need a little bit more than like, here's five action items that need to be done. But like those younger people, it's so foundational. And it's just like, they don't know about like credit cards and other things that are basic. There isn't much like getting into the weeds of tax planning and equity comp planning and some of that stuff. Tell us more about that one-time plan you just mentioned, the three to $4,000 cost. I didn't see it on your website. So tell us more about that and, and what that those meetings look like. Yeah, so like our financial planning process is uniform for anybody, whether they just do that or they go ongoing. So basically like we have first meeting, does it make sense to work together? If you say yes, then in between the first meeting and the second meeting, you do our financial planning software, get everything updated, send us all your statements, blah, 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 that. Then we come in, we have meeting two, we spend like an hour digging deep into their goals, their values, what's important to them, what they're planning for. Then we do another meeting that's all into right capital, getting more into the weeds. We look through like tax analysis and and equity comp analysis and all that stuff. Then we deliver our financial plans, which are like probably six or seven pages long in general. Like we have everything they need to know about their key metrics, how they're invested based on taxes, asset classes, what their net worth is. We go through their key goals in order of priority. We have like a calendar of things they need to be aware of, what things need to change as time goes on. We have all their recommended action items. We have a surplus breakdown. We have a bonus percentage breakdown. We have an equity comp breakdown. We have a summary for them. And then we help them in another, then like we deliver that plan. And then the next meeting, we help them go implement all of that. So it's more intensive. And then you normally have email access for about two to three months after that. We'll help you get your insurance in place and all those other things externally and make sure all that gets done. So it's a little bit more um, in depth and a little bit deeper than the other one um, time wise and analysis wise, because the 750 or the $500 one is more so like, let's go talk. And let's just, let's hit those key wins that need to be done. It's not like deep analysis in the background time-wise where the other one is a lot more analysis and more into the tax planning, equity comp analysis, investment recommendations, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. So if someone wants to do that full planning with you, how would they engage with you? What would be the first step they take? So on our website, you can just go book a meeting with me. And we we really use that first meeting to figure out what's best for you because I don't really have a personal preference for what model people go into. And some advisors are really anti the one-time financial plan because there's a lot of people who think that that's good for them and never implement anything. And so like, 
it leaves a bad taste in my mouth if I charge somebody $5,000 a year and then two years later they come back and they didn't do a single thing. Like it seems like a waste. So I try to really get to understand the people in that meeting to get a feel for like, you know, if people are going to do the right things. Like when people come in and they show like they have done research and they have implemented things that are not just the basics that like everybody knows. Well, then I know that they're like doers and and they're going to go follow this. And I want to help put them in the best position to implement it because it's better for them and it's better for me. Um, so some people just make more sense for ongoing because it's like, I know you're never going to do any of this yourself. Like I, we can tell, and a lot of those people admit that that's what they need. There's other people who I feel like can be a little delusional and think that they do everything, but like you realize that they've done no research and they, they like, they don't know anything going on in their own personal financial life. And it's like, I don't think you would fit in that model. And I don't want to just take your money when I don't feel like that fit. So I help explain the three and let people decide what makes the most sense for them. But I still try to give my opinion because, again, I don't want to just take people's money and them not get anything out of it. I appreciate the transparency and just like listening to you talk is just a reminder as to why we chose you. Like yeah. These are the reasons why. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So if if someone was wanting to work with a financial planner, are there anything that they should do before they work with the planner? Like how is there like one to to two steps they should take before they jump to planning with you? Um, I think, well, me or anybody else, like I think look up the person that you're going to work with online. I think almost every good advisor I know is on social media these days. And you can really get to know who people are and what they believe. Because like, if you're somebody who really believes in active investment management and individual stocks, like you don't want to go work with somebody who's like huge core belief is like diversified ETFs. Or like if you want, you know, you just have to understand like with us, we're high touch, high service. So like we, our fees are not super low, but our average client meets with us like eight times a year. And we don't want to have a big book where like right now, like yesterday I had a client, he's like, Hey, you know, my business wants me to go get some credit cards to be able to charge my personal expenses on to be reimbursed. Can you meet and like help me decide this? Well, we have a meeting today. Like I, I can't offer that if we're a low fee service because we have to work with hundreds of clients. So I think you have to think through what you really want. And like, do you want just like a one review per year? And if so, like, you know, there are advisors that do that. Do you want somebody who's like always there to talk through every decision? Because for you, like, you know, every big decision is hard for you to decide and you really want somebody to help you do that. So you kind of have to just like look and figure out what you're looking for. Do you want somebody to manage your investments? Do you want somebody not to? Um, but I think like, I don't really think there's anything to prepare. I think if you're like, Hey, I need help. The first step is to find somebody. And then like our first step in that second meeting is really like, let's get you organized. Like, let's make sure we have all the information. Cause most times people don't even know. I'm like, Hey, how much, you know, do you have in student loans? What are the interest rates? No idea. Okay. Well, we have to get all of that together and organized. And then really the first start of financial planning is like getting the right of accounts and understanding our cash flow and moving money between accounts in the right way and automating that. And should, what should you be doing with your 401k? Should you be using your HSA? Like thinking through all of those things and like getting them organized and then helping them understand why we do each thing. I think a lot of advisors try to really speed up the financial planning process. Like you come in, let me look at your financials. Let me tell you what to do. But then in the industry, there's the statistic that 30% of clients recommended action items get implemented. And it's because advisors don't do a good enough job of understanding what people want and helping them understand based on what they do, how that's tied to what they want. And so they start to think through all of these goals and without the goal attached, people don't do it. It's like going to tell somebody like, hey man, you need to go start working out four times a week. 
And like, no, but they're not going to do that. But if they come in and like, Hey, I'm overweight. Like I need to figure out the most efficient way to do it. And I don't love running. You're like, okay, well probably the best structure for you is lifting. Here's why. And you just take them through that thought pattern of why doing that will help solve X problem. I love that you're not just presenting a plan to them. You're thinking through their goals and you're also doing the plan, but then you're also adding in that accountability part to make sure it actually happens. Yeah. I think that accountability parts, like one of our differentiators is that like, you know, going back to that statistic of 30% of people, like what we've tested is, well, what if we had accountability meetings? So like after we deliver our plan, the next meeting is literally called accountability meeting where people get a deadline to get stuff done. I get a deadline to get some of my stuff done and then we get it implemented. And everybody about two days before reaches out to me and is like, Hey, how do I do this? Which is just proof that deadlines work. And so every year we have just have accountability checkpoints to make sure what they were supposed to do gets done. That sounds amazing. So what is the best way for someone to connect with you? Okay. So the best way for people to work or like, honestly, meet with me is just go to our website or find me on social media. And I have a direct, like schedule a meeting with me link and like, pretty much everybody who finds me, finds me on social, kind of like you guys did, books the meeting. And then I just come into that meeting and it asks a couple questions so I can be a little bit prepared. But like, I'm just not the person who's like, reach out to me, tell me how much money you make, tell me this. Like, I, I don't really make my decisions of who I work with based on money. I make it based on who wants my help and who will actually value that help. And if that's the case, then I think that they can be a good fit. But there's times where people come in and they're like, you know, or be like, client will be like, hey, will you work with my parents? And it's like, that's just not my specialty. And I believe we're all better off serving who we do the best work for. And then me handing that client off to a different advisor who specializes in that. So if you think you're the right fit for me, you can book a meeting with me. If you don't think you're the right fit with me, but need help with an advisor, you can just message me and I'll send you referrals to other advisors that I know are really great. I love that. So Thomas can be of help if he's for you or if he's not for you. Uh, like Thomas said, if you want to connect with him, you can go to his website, allstreetwealth.com or thomascopelman.com or find him on social media. Thomas, thank you so much for clarifying the thoughts around what a financial planner is and sharing all the great knowledge you did today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. Join us for the next one. And let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together Let's make